What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. My good friend David Wiley from the OZ joins me as usual for This Week in Cannabis News. You can find them online at OkanaganZ.com. Follow them on Twitter at OkanaganZ and at Wiley Writer. And make sure you sign up to get uh, their newsletter every Friday. And uh, David, uh, thank you so much for joining me once again. How are things in your neck of the woods? Hello, sir. Good to join you. Oh, things are pretty good. They're smoky out here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the, the those wildfires burning. Um, boy, oh boy. It's, uh, it's sure come in and you can see it. And, you know, my heart goes out to everybody who's fighting that fire and uh, who's who's trying to get through it because it's, uh, it's, it's quite a challenge as many of us in BC and Alberta know. Yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, thinking of everybody out there and uh, it's interesting. I was on a a, a video of, uh, I don't know what you call them, like a video tour sort of chat thing with uh, Good Buds the other day. And <laughs> they were talking about all the smoke from the wildfire as, you know, it actually impacts the outdoor grows and, and gives uh, the cannabis uh, because of all the, the, uh, the air air quality and different things in the air. So, so many people affected across the, the uh, Western province by that. And uh, we certainly hope everybody can... Uh, you know, get through this safely and and soundly. And um, let's just get into our first story before I get really angry when I think about it even more. And this is this is a story in the U.S. where a disabled Iraq war veteran who I think won a Purple Heart is now facing five years in prison for marijuana possession. And it's marijuana possession that is legal where he is from. This just drives me crazy, David. It's really a headline that grabs you, you know, in the independent talking about a disabled Iraq war vet facing jail time for possession. And it is of medical cannabis, um, which he uses for PTSD. There's all kinds of things wrong with this story. Um, an Alabama judge denied Sean Worsley's release uh, into community, a community supervision program. Um, and instead opting to have him sent to a state prison. Um, the judge cited this vet's past convictions, failure to comply, and attempts to leave the state. Um, but that said, the injustice of this case is really telling. The Worsley, who's a black man, did earn a Purple Heart for his time in Iraq, and he reportedly suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder from a service. It's medicinal cannabis is regularly prescribed to help relieve symptoms that are related to PTSD. Now, this guy had so much going for him. He had an an employment offer uh, that included stable housing. He had support, legal support from Veterans Affairs. Uh, He had his court costs and his fees all paid in full. And yet, despite all of those mitigating factors, the judge still decided to, uh, to potentially put him in jail for up to five years. And, uh, you know, that is uh, just it seems wrong, especially considering the fact that it was uh, it was his medicine from his state. Now, the reason that he was going through Alabama was that uh, Worsley and his wife were driving through the state on their way to North Carolina to help his mom with hurricane damage on her home. So it, it wasn't a pleasure trip to Alabama. You know, it was uh, it was a means to get to a destination to go help a family member 
And what did he have on him at the time? Of course, his medicine. And it, you, this could ruin this man's life. It 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 already is right now. I mean, you <laughs> you you laid it out perfectly. All the things that you know to to move to this next phase. He had it all planned out. He had employment. He had, um, you know, the support of of the, the the Veterans Association. And then when you talk about okay, he had previous arrests. It was for a non-violent marijuana-related charge that he pleaded guilty. This is not a guy mm-hmm. who uh, was uh, drunk and disorderly. This is a, not a guy who was disturbing the peace. This is not a guy who was uh, violently assaulting somebody. This is a U.S war veteran who received a purple heart and is being denied this. And and I'm sorry, I, I look at this and a lot of this screams racism, David. It sure does. It's hard to avoid coming to that conclusion. And if there's any good that could come of this, it's the hope that this kind of headline will make its way over to both the Democrats and the Republicans as they mull over the future of cannabis in their country. Yeah, yeah, this could become a uh, uh, a political hot potato, and and if it, you know what, if it if it sheds the light more on the injustice of of you know racially profiling for one, in my opinion, and also just the stigma against cannabis, where this is actually medicine in the same country. Uh, you know, last time I checked, Alabama and Arizona are in the same country, and this is medicine prescribed for this war veteran. So if this becomes a political issue and it helps sh- uh, shed the light more on the stigma against cannabis, then then I think it uh, it could be a, a good thing. And, and hopefully this man gets the, you know, the 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 right decision. I'm saying not saying this guy should be released uh, or whatever, but they were they were asking for just to move on with the with the next phase. So uh, if if at all that happens, then this has been a successful campaign on whoever is talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's get to this story, and um, this is this is something that you know we we've seen kind of different lawsuits in the uh, the cannabis space for you know different things. Sometimes it's from consumers. This is a lawsuit, and it's one of the companies involved is you you, you probably have to say one of the biggest, if not the biggest, in the world, and they're from Canada, and that's Canopy. Indeed. Further proof that cannabis is certainly cutthroat business. It's got a lawsuit now that's been leveled at Canopy Growth, uh, Canopy Rivers, which is connected, and Terracent Corp, along with its Canadian subsidiary. This is kind of a weird tangle. Um, BNN laid it out pretty well. as It gets into the weeds quite a bit. Uh, but really, to break it down, there are some pretty uh, big words being thrown around in Ontario court, mm-hmm. including a bad faith, fraud, civil conspiracy, breach of duty of honesty and good faith and contractual obligations, brief breach of fiduciary duty. Like this is uh, some heavy stuff. So these three companies, uh, four really are being sued for $500 million in damages. And uh, it's from a basically a 51% majority group of shareholders in farmhouse. And the other 49% uh, actually belongs to Canopy Rivers. So it's it's a power struggle, infighting. I mean, it's, it's investors fighting with investors, basically. Uh, so the allegations here focus mainly on several supply agreements that were made in May and October of 2018 between Farmhouse and 
three companies that are named in the suit uh, to provide them with cannabis. Um, and basically, the suit alleges that the companies being sued refused to accept delivery of the flour that was produced at that facility under previously agreed upon deals. Um, there was an attempt to renegotiate, seemed to fail, and basically, at this point in time, Farmhouse is left holding thousands of kilos of cannabis and is now on the brink of financial ruin. So uh, coming coming back at these companies seems like it's a last-bit effort um, to bring itself back into business and not lose its license and uh, all kinds of other things that happened down that road. And basically, in a statement that was released on Monday, Canopy River said the lawsuit is, and I quote uh, from Bloomberg, completely without merit and that intends to vigorously defend its position. So we'll keep our eyes on that and see how this all develops. Man, that's a lot of cannabis that is just sitting there. And, you know, I, I'm sure they've tried to exhaust all options and, and, and find other, or maybe they're not allowed to, I'm not sure, but... Uh, you know, it, it's a shame on two fronts. One, this company could go under, and and two, it's a lot of cannabis that could be just potentially wasted. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's just a tangled mess. And uh, I'm I'm glad that uh, that another reporter went through that mess yeah. court document to put the story together. So. Thank you very much. Yeah, they grew a lot of cannabis. Uh, they tried to sell it as per their agreement. They said no. And now, as you mentioned, they're left holding a lot of bags of uh, cannabis. And, uh, <laughs> so, I, so many bags. I don't know what's going to happen in that situation. But I do know, uh, as we move to our next story, that uh, there's some news with uh, Color Cannabis and Saturday, a couple of brands that are out there on the rec market. Under the umbrella of Weed MD a really well-known medical cannabis company. And uh, Color itself has really gained reputation in this market for its brand, but it's uh, it's tough to stand out. And, you know, this uh, Color has Pedro's Sweet Sativa, mm-hmm. Ghost Train Haze, Blueberries, uh, uh, Mango Haze, White Shark, like all, all kinds of strains that are really well-known. And they've now announced an exclusive new strain, uh, Black Sugar Rose, which is apparently an indica dominant hybrid to the color lineup um they're doing some interesting stuff too with packaging so they're they're introducing what's called nitrogen infused packaging and basically they flush the bag with nitrogen and uh, that reduces the effects of oxidation on the flower so which is apparently the primary factor in cannabis dryness the other thing that this does is it, it starts to move away from those clunky plastic jars and reduces the total weight to packaging by, they say, 80%. Um, also, color is, for the first time, coming out with vapes and pre-rolls. So we're going to see some 510 carts coming from them in the fall um, that are Ghost Train Haze and uh, also Pedro Sweet Sativa. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that uh, how that tastes when you can you know really bring out the flavors through uh, through a vape product. So uh, all eyes on color. You know, I I think uh, I, I I love when I I see a company that starts saying, hey, we, you know, we did this and we're, we've been successful, and now we're moving on to this. I also love any kind of cannabis company that uses color, whether it's in the word or actually on their products. I mean, listen, this for me is cannabis 101 right now. Don't make your label white. 
Don't make whatever product because <laughs> it does because it looks like everything else. And we've talked in the past about Canadians aren't yet in tune with all the brands that are out there. But if you know, I grabbed some Marley Natural Blue Dream the other day. It's actually black. It stands out. Now I was going for for what for what I wanted, but. You know, uh, uh, Simply Bear Organic has some color in it. Uh, there's some companies out there that are coming out without the just the white jar because that doesn't stand out against anything. And until consumers, as we've talked about, get to know all these specific brands, that's the one way to stand out in a world where you're not allowed to advertise. So whatever color is doing, they are working because they're using color and obviously they're expanding uh, what's going on. So I don't know. That's just my, that's, that's my marketing one-on-one tip. I, I don't know how you feel <laughs> about it, but when you go into a shop and you see five jars of white and one orange one, that one off, you're, you're drawn automatically to that in my mind. Yeah, I think that's really well put. One of the challenges that color is going to face now is that their, their branding and their packaging is so good. And partly <laughs> because those plastic containers are different colors. Yeah. So once you start putting it into a bag to be more environmentally responsible, and you know, hats off to them for that. Uh, I'm really curious to see what their new packaging is going to look like. Yeah, and and you know maybe they'll find a way to stand out. But you know, it being environmentally friendly and 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 providing a better product uh, and with a little bit of color that sounds like a winning formula uh, for me. All right, let's get I to... I hope that your listeners have a pen and paper out. Yeah, exactly. No kidding. Uh, okay, I love <laughs> uh, that we're talking about this last story. Um, you know, last week we kind of talked about some of the newer products that we've tried in Season 2 or 2.0 or whatever uh, people want to go with. Uh, and, and I talked about some of the contracts. I am really got into dabbing. And you know, f- you know, full uh, honesty here. I didn't know what dabbing was before I started doing this show, and I didn't know what terpene was before I started doing this show. And uh, I, I, there's a ca- kind of interesting uh, kind of I think link about uh, dabbing and th- that kind of first experience because it can be a little too heady for a lot of people, and and a lot of people have this reaction: is that crack? Because the first time I used a dab rig, it felt like, is this what? doing crack is like because you're using a blowtorch to heat this thing up and um it's 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 a different experience for the cannabis user and if there's the new cannabis user it's wonderful i absolutely love it but it certainly is different and something that you should ease into no we have such an interesting um dichotomy of background you and i on this one because i've never dabbed oh okay Um, it's like you said, I look at a dab rig and I'm intimidated. You know, I, I think about, I've never even used one of these torches. You know, the, the example is that it's kind of like using a creme brulee torch, yep. pretty similar. Um, Handheld, and yeah. so, but it still intimidates me. Uh, particularly, I, I'm, I'm a little scared of, of dabbing uh, and then getting, you know, high, of course, the, the different kind of rush feeling. And then trying to take a second dab, I've, I'm scared to injure myself. Um, but, you know, these are some of those concerns that newbies like me probably have. Uh, what what advice can you offer for someone like me? Okay, well, this is the thing. I, too, um, you know, like, I don't use the big blowtorch. Like, you know, in, in hockey dressing rooms, we would have the big blowtorch out and you'd be curving your stick. I don't use that. I use the little kind of handheld creme brulee, uh torch. So, first of all, if you've never dabbed before, don't dab alone for the first time. I, I would highly recommend. You know, I've been around people that have taken dabs that have taken them down, and it's a highly, highly concentrated 
uh, uh, part of the cannabis plant that you are using. So first of all, dab with somebody else, preferably somebody with experience um, that can, you know, if, you, if you're, because I have burned myself in, uh, many times and I don't like it. So if you're intimidated by the torch, go get a, a um, you know, I have the Utilian 5. It's a push-button wax pen that you can put uh, shatter things in. It's really easy to use. There's no torch, um, you know. So that's that's the the advice I would have. If you if you're not cool with the fire aspect, because it is weird. Like I said, I felt like I was smoking crack for the first time because um, it just feels like you're doing that. It, of course, you're not. It's just a wonderful part of the cannabis plant. So if you're scared of the torch or you're you're uneasy with that, I definitely would recommend going and getting a portable device. There are also um, e rig e nails, the electronic nails where you don't have to use the torch. You can set the temperature. Um, they're they're a, they're a little bit more expensive, but those are the two things I would recommend. First of all, don't do it alone for the first time. And if you're not crazy with the torch, look into some of the uh, the machines that are out there because it is an awesome awesome experience i do love dabbing i've, I've really really uh, fell in love with it so but i'm not afraid a fan of the torch so that's why i went for the utilian five there are a lot of concentrates that are starting to come on the market um nbc we started to see them coming from premium five actually uh big out here which is an alberta company um and a couple of other companies are putting out different kinds of concentrates so i i put out a q a um, you know, simple questions that someone like me who, who's never done it before might ask. Um, and one of the things that I was really drawn to and fascinated by while I was doing a little bit of research was looking at the different kinds of dab rigs that there are. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these pieces are hand-blown and beautiful. Uh, they, they really are creations of art. They're sculptures. They really are. So, you know, when when we talk about glasswork, a lot of people are, are talking about uh, um, some, you know, bongs that maybe you can attach a dab rig to. Some of these are really, really specific, intricate dab rigs. And, um, you know, the one thing I want to get to, uh, like the, I, I know the one, the, the kind of the picture you have uh, on the, uh, the OZ, um, that's where you would be using a torch. Um, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if you could use a, 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 an electric nail with that or not, but that's the thing I want to get to next. Like I love my volcano hybrid because vaping I think is, is so, and I just know I feel better uh, when I vape and, you know, and I pull out the bong, which I love to do there. There's a distinct difference. I really am going to to work towards getting one of those electronic uh, dab rigs because you can actually dial in the specific temperature, like punch it in, kind of like you can do with the volcano. You know, when you're using a torch, I don't know about you, David, but I can't tell a torch by looking, a uh, temperature by looking at it after heating a torch. So I would like <laughs> to use a specific temperature, almost that perfect dab hit because dabbing can be a little bit uh, uh, tougher the first few times and and to get used to it because you're you know you're taking in a little bit more sometimes so i would uh i would like to get one of those electric ones and, and the other thing is remember with dabbing you're only using a tiny little bit of that uh, concentrate right like don't be thinking oh i bought a gram of this and i'm going to dab the whole gram because then i might not talk to you for a week I've heard people compare the the size of the dab that they take to seeds. Yeah, or grain of rice kind of thing, like like, uh, Mm -hmm. grains of rice and things. Yeah, you want to take a very, very small amount and and drop it in there. And 
like with edibles, we always talk about, you know, don't, uh, don't uh, rush into taking that second edible or whatever. Don't rush into taking your second dab hit because I think the first one will be fine for you. That's good advice. There we go. David, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I was able to actually give some advice of uh, some experience that I have. Usually it's me asking everybody else. So I hope that helped people. I hope I didn't confuse anybody. And uh, make sure uh, that uh, you, the listener, check out OkanaganZ.com. Follow them on Twitter at OkanaganZ, at Wiley Writer, and sign up for their Friday newsletter. I look forward to seeing what's in the newsletter on Friday and chatting again next week. Thanks, David. Thank you.